When did you move from Colnebrook then, Robin? 82 or what? I don't actually know. <laughs> Do you know, I can't remember precisely, but it would have been... Matthew or no. <laughs> yeah, he'll, 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 he'll know, he'll know. Um, <clears throat> but I think it was kind of like the winter of, um, of 80... 81? 81, 80, 81, 82. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so into 82, that was another new car, wasn't it? Not really. Not, not really. Um, the... No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was pretty much the same. That the what what had changed was, of course, was the drivers. It was then Nikki and um, Nikki and John. <clears throat> I, um, for all of my adventures in the in the the previous season, I'd uh, I'd requested to move to um, move to the uh, T car from um, from uh, from the race car. Now, why was that, Robin? I just wanted a rest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the previous season was the previous season. I mean, I, I I cannot begin to tell you how what a nightmare it was. I mean, it was yeah, near, nearly every time Andrea went out, he crashed every it. Time he crashed it, you know, and and that that kind of gets to your head after a while. Um, uh, yeah, that does kind of like get to your head after a while, but um, um. And then, of course, there was the, there was the work. There, you know, it was just a constant work thing of uh, because you were not only you know you were re, you were fitting up extra stuff because you knew it's going to you know there'd be front corners off and this that and the other. So we were pre-fitting suspension so that it could be marked up and put off so that you knew that you were putting it straight back on and you didn't have to do other than the toe-ins and whatever. You know, you were you, the, the, the front end or basically the rear end and whatever would basically be set up pre-fitted bodywork and bits and pieces so that it was all. You know, you could do it all quickly. I mean, it was just quantum work all the way through the season, irrespective of whether it's at the race meetings um, or, um, um, you know, or, or um, you know, back at the back at the factory. <clears throat> Andrea never got to test it because, you know, you could guarantee if you went off testing. I mean, it did a couple of tests, but nothing, nothing major. Not, you know, I mean, Watson was out. Um, Watson was out very, very regularly. And... Um, testing then the following season with Nikki because Nikki was absolutely adamant that you had to uh, pre-run as many circuits before you had races there as, as possible. And um, <clears throat> bear in mind then also that there wasn't a test team. Nobody had test teams, separate test teams. So the, generally the T-car would be the one that would go, or yeah, T-car or one of the other cars would be, uh, would go off and do the, do the testing. Sometimes you get two or three day tests. You might get Nikki in the car for two days and then Watty come along and run it for a day. Um, but um, I mean, the, 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 the one that, one that stands out in my mind with uh, Nikki was when we went, we took the, uh, took the T, uh, the T-car down to, um, Oh no! There was um, that was a little bit later on in the season. We went down to uh, to Imola and um, and ran the carbon brakes for the first time. Well, we ran the carbon brakes, and Nicky went out and did one lap and came back in, and all the grease had melted out of the hubs because it, because they were because it was so hot and 
and nobody you know no, nobody got their heads around you know actually how much heat was generated and you needed to you know separate it needed to be heat you know heat heat, heat extraction but plus plus the extra cooling to the hubs and different you know different degreases in the hubs and various bits and pieces like that but no he, he went out and came back in he said something's wrong he said because it just just feels all wrong in fact he was him I and it was just all the hubs had got no grease in them at all they'd all be burned out <laughs> But um, you know, I started um, I started on the T car in that season, and um, we we went to Kalami. That was the first race of the year, as I recall that season. Yes, I think it was the first race of the year we we went to, and yes, it was definitely, and it was the one that they had the driver's strike. <clears throat> so we had a. I think it. I think it finished up that they had um, a, a run and qualifying in the last hours of Saturday afternoon, when all the when all the drivers had come back. And we'd been sat, you know, all the teams and stuff had been sat around in the pits doing nothing for, you know, two and a half days. And um, uh, of course, Nicky was the bloody centre of it, wasn't he? He was the one that was stirring up all the shit. Which was uh, quite interesting <laughs> with Mr. Ecclestone tearing around trying to catch her, trying to, you know, shake the uh, shake Terry, um, Teddy and uh, Ron Dennis's tail about, you know, their driver causing the bloody problem. Um, anyway, um, it finished up with a with a, an hour long session, I think, where um, uh, yeah, there was an hour an hour of running and then there was qualifying, so there was an hour and an hour, and. In the hours running, Nicky jumped into the T car because he wanted to have a run in it just to make sure. And there was some issues with his race car. What quite what I don't know, but anyway, the bottom line is he jumped into the T car, went round, and he went around something like a second, second and a half lap faster in the T car. <clears throat> and um Yeah, that's that was a problem um, because the there's a new chief mechanic there at the time, and there was all sorts of fingers being pointed not only at um, the T car guy with the faster car, but also the race car guys that Nicky was racing because it, you know there must have been something dramatically wrong with the setup or whatever, <clears throat> and there wasn't enough time between the two sessions to you know to ascertain what the differences were but um nikki needless to say wanted to qualify and so jumped in the t-car to go and do his qualifying in the t-car qualified in the t-car um and because it was so much quicker than his race car and much quicker than mr watson in his car mr watson then wanted to have a go in the t-car as well to um to do that and guess what mr watson crashed the t-car so we wound up with uh, having having sort of you know, not not being you know crashing cars for years and, or for for a year and uh, wanting to get out of it. And then we were back in the back in the deep end again with the the you know not the back end of the tub smashed off, but it was um, there was a lot of damage that needed to be repaired. It was repairable, not um, not a tub change or anything. Not I don't think we even had a tub. I think we had to repair what we got. Anyway, we repaired it. It was an all nighter. And then we wound up with a with a, <clears throat> a conversation with the new chief mechanic the following day about how to set up a race car, <clears throat> um, which is all very well. Um, 
I, I maybe I took it wrong. I don't know, but um, um, <clears throat> the put it this way: I I resigned on the spot, <clears throat> walked down to Brabant to um, Herbie Blash, who I knew socially. I didn't know him um, because you know, I lived in Weybridge and the. Um, the pub that we used to go reg- go to regularly, McLaren's and Brabham's and Tyrrell's and whatever is a famous pub in, in Shepparton called the King's Head. That's right. And that, I knew her from well. there. <laughs> <laughs> you would do, you would do. And um, um, I walked down to Herbie's and Herbie said, you know, I said, I've quit up the road there. I said, you've got a job. And he said, strangely enough, we have actually, because you know, this guy's leaving and that guy, no, no, no. Yes, when can you start? I said, well, I've, I've not got a job at the moment, so I'll probably start as soon as I get my toolbox back from uh, back from McLaren's, which is what I did. Okay, got but when we got back to um, back to the UK, went into the factory, picked up my toolbox and left and went up to Brabham's. Didn't they try and keep you, Robin? Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't. Oh, they enough. couldn't. I, I, there was. There was no. There was. As far as I was concerned, there was no way that I was going to work in the in that in the situation where <clears throat> um, the work that I'd been doing and that I'd been doing very very well for a number of years was was challenged in any in any way, shape, or form. Um, and um, yeah, whether it's whether it's pride or whatever, I don't know. But uh, what's it? Pride comes before a fall. I think is the old expression. But in that case, I wasn't about to stand it. Um, and I was particularly upset actually because the guy who became the chief mechanic was was had been a very good friend of mine that I'd helped him build his Formula Ford and various bits and pieces, you know, back in the day. And we've been we've been quite uh, quite good buddies. Um, but um, it's. Um, you know, that, so it wasn't as if I was being, you know, he didn't know me because, it, you know, whatever. Anyway, it just it was just an un, unacceptable situation. And um, I'd got myself a new job. So went off down and started at Brabham's. I think it was, I think I came in there on a Wednesday and arrived in in the bay and saw my new uh, my new car. I was working with a guy called Neil Neil Harvey K one as he's known to his buddies, little little New Zealand guy. And uh, we hit it off straight away. We got on fam- got on famously. In fact, we're still great buddies now. I speak to him on WhatsApp quite regularly. He uh, lives in he lives in the states in California. No, no, was in California. Now lives in Florida. And um, um. <clears throat> I think it was the Thursday afternoon. Herbie walked into the bay, and uh, I was literally just familiarising myself with, with a completely new car, BT Forty Nine Cosworth BT Forty Nine. Yeah, yeah, um, a fabulous machine. I told me you know, Babylon about that for hours later on. I think it's one of the best cars that I've ever worked on, anyway. Um, in the, in terms of simplicity and you know just ease of maintenance, etc., etc., etc. Absolutely amazing bit of kit. Um, <clears throat> Herbie walked into the bay and he said, um, sorry guys, you've drawn the short straw. Um, you're off to the two day tire test in Rio on Monday. Um, <laughs> and I thought that's really weird. I, I've never worked on the car before, not done this car before and they're sending me off testing. So, uh, Neil, Charlie Whiting and Herbie 
Maslow and myself, we were we jumped on an airplane and um, with the car in the with the car underneath us, I think Williams tested at the same time and Ferrari, Williams, Ferrari, and I think it was still running the Goodyear tyres, and um, rocked up in Rio, bolted some tyres on, started it all up, off we went. We'd been running for about twenty minutes. And uh, Goodyear's came along and said, stop, there's a problem with the tyres, they're delaminating, um, and it's the pro- it's a problem that's across the whole batch, so we're not going to be testing anymore. We'll see, we'll, get, we'll ship some more out from, we'll ship some more out from the States. Um, but, you know, we're stopping the test. <clears throat> the Herbie went off to, uh, and phoned up Bernie, and Bernie said, I'm not flying them, you're not flying them back to the UK and flying them back out there in two weeks' time. Tell Lego to pay for the hotels and pay the guys' expenses and you stay there until they've got the tyres ready. So we had, we had uh, two weeks in, two weeks in Rio in, on holiday and, and um, uh, that time of the year is the, uh, uh, what do I say, when they do all the dancing and dancing and whatever, the uh, carnival, carnival time. Brazilian driver, Nelson Piquet. I mean, we were made in heaven. We got dry, we got uh, taken off down to the down to the stadium and watched them because they, they the, the last events in this big stadium and the big football stadium in Rio. We went off down there with that, and um, we um, yeah we just had an absolute absolute ball. We went down with Nelson down to his place and went um, um, uh, kite surfing. No, not kite surfing. Windsurfing. We learned to. I learned to windsurf down there, and that was kind of like a new sport back in the day with the uh, windsurfers and stuff. And I, I like sailing, anyways. But uh, um, <clears throat> anyway, um, in due course, the tires rocked up. They failed too. <laughs> so we stayed out there for another three weeks. For another week. Another week. Another well, another two weeks of being a partner. And in total, we were in Rio for five weeks. And the last weeks when the race team came out, um, we'd uh, we'd prepped the T car and stuff all ready to ready to go. Um, plus had a, a few more days away with Nelson down at um, down a place called Guarajar, which is down on the down on the coast there, <clears throat> just further away from um, just a different to Rio anyway. <clears throat> And um, so, yeah, so that was a that was a good crack. And it was um, it was the era or was the time in F1 where there was water cooled brakes. And we'd fitted up, we'd fitted up the car with this great big, huge tank in the left hand side pod to carry about, I don't know, about 15 gallons of water. I mean, it's huge, monstrous, bloody great big void that uh, <clears throat> behind the uh, behind the radiator duct. There was this great big void ahead of the exhaust, and so we just filled it up with this water tank, um, which is all then connected up to pipes and pumps and switches and whatever. So that when you touch the brake, the water sprayed onto the discs, carbon fiber discs, by the way. <coughs> and um, um, we qualified. I'm not sure if we qualified on pole, but we certainly qualified very, very bloody quickly. And uh, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never forget um, they, them saying, well, we, you know, you're a bit underweight. But, you know, we, we know we're underweight, but, you know, it's used water and it's used oil. And it's so we topped it all up. Of course, it was perfectly, you know, within, within the weight <clears throat> from qualifying. 
anyway, after the race, of course, we uh, Nelson won the race and uh, that was disqualified. Rosberg had got something similar. He was also disqualified. And um, then the next race after that was Long Beach, and we went very, very well in Long Beach. Had a, had a great time in uh, great time in Long, Long Beach, <clears throat> and um, then back to back to the back to the UK. So I think I'd been away from been away from home for about seven weeks by the time I got back to the UK. Who was your other driver, Robin? Who was your other driver? Oh, we in uh, Tracy. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah of course, uh, Ricardo. Yeah, yeah, Ricardo in the uh, in the other in the other one, and um, something happened on the um, on race day, which was um, to me anyway, that was quite uh, quite interesting because um, I had a certain Mister Dennis Ron Dennis leave his cars on the grid and come back into the pits where I was working, and he said something to me which is um, quite interesting. He said. <clears throat> I'll give you an offer you can't refuse. I really want you to come back and work for us at McLaren. We've got a new job. He's running the test team. And I can't tell you all the, all the ins and outs of it, but, I, you know, I'd like to see you. And as I say, make a make an offer that you can't refuse. So um, when I got back to the UK. How long have you been at Brabham's at that point? Six weeks, seven weeks. Oh, bloody hell. Okay. Oh, right. Anyway, I went to see Ron and stuff, and yes, he did give me a, an offer that I couldn't refuse. So, uh, you know, uh, equal status to the chief mechanic, equal salary to the chief mechanic, and the incentive was he bought me a brand new XR2, Ford XR2, as a, a gift. Nice. Nice. Um, and, yeah, okay. Well, I'll do that. So, um, started at McLaren's, back at McLaren's again, which was, um, Certainly interesting. I didn't didn't for a, you know for a moment realise what all about what it would all be all be about. And uh, we we did various tests with uh, mostly with Nikki to be honest with you. Um, how was of, how was how was Bernie with you leaving Brabham's so quickly? Well, it wasn't Bernie that was was uh, it wasn't Bernie that was sort of um, was miffed with me really. It was um, it was Charlie and. Um, um, and Herbie, Herbie was embarrassed because, of course, he did he'd employed me and Charlie because um, um, and Gordon because you know all of a sudden I knew an awful lot about BT forty nine, and I was going to going to McLaren. But in, in all fairness, I'll, I'll, in all fairness and in all honesty as well, absolute honesty, um, there was nothing. Um, uh, I was never questioned about you know the differences between the cars and you know what's the hot bits and what's the not hot bits and bits of pieces because mclaren's was you know they were quite a competitive cosworth engine car anyway you know they were, they were and they gone down and and anyway you know john barnard's john barnard john barnard you know he's not going to copy somebody else when I mean, he was very very much a kind of like it in you know in the same as same way as gordon really is that they follow their you know they follow their own their own um Paths and creativity, you know, and just thought along completely different lines. Um, with, with one thing or another. Um, so, and, and anyway, the, 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 the testing operation was not a racing thing. It was just about developing news, you know, getting stuff onto the car reliably, 
set up accurately because there was never any questions about how accurate the setup was going to be again and all that sort of fun fun and games <clears throat> and um yeah so that was that was that really and it cracked on with the testing and then started off then with all the the porsche build and various bits and pieces and um I I fell out again with um, I fell out again with um, the the chief mechanic. We just could, we just couldn't we could not be in the same space um, for one one reason or another. And I I, I sort of quite quickly realised that that um, if it it was going it was it wasn't going to be him or me. It was going to be me um, that would be uh, thing. So. Um, I went back to Brabham's. <laughs> After how long in this time? How long were you at McCowan? It was probably about six months, seven months or whatever. <laughs> uh, they, were, they were built at that time. They were midway through building. The, the season was uh, pretty much over and they were, there was the, uh, B, there was the BT49 BMW was then being, being upgraded then to the full-on BT50. Um, which was a fantastic car. I mean, uh, uh, I, I, I wish the rules hadn't changed and the, and the BT50 had gone out. I, but having said that, I think it probably would have overpowered uh, not only the rest of the, the other teams, but it would have overpowered the drivers because it had you know, full-on ground effect. Um, they were already pulling five and a bit G in the corners in some, you know, some places. And um, that, that was that, but it was not uh, 500 horsepower anymore. It was, you know, by that time, BMW was well up, you know, well up at sort of 800, 850 horsepower range with a, with a turbo thing. And that would have, and it was built as a purely as a pit stop car. So it was not the <clears throat> um, BT51, I beg your pardon, not BT50, BT51, because they were already racing the BT50 with this massive, great big fuel tank in it that they would didn't know whether they were going to do you know full on race with a full tank or do pit stops or whatever. But they were still, it start, started to play with pit stops, and the pit and the and the 51 was the pit stop car. You know, to, uh, 28 gallons of fuel, I think it took maximum. So you, know, you would be doing one or two pit stops in a race anyway. But what it also then meant was, <clears throat> was that we would be able to run softer tyres. Remember back in the day, um, I mean, I can remember in the late 70s, early 80s, where we'd have 20 sets of tyres per car. Not, you know, not four or five and, you know, the fixed compounds or whatever. And it was soft compounds, medium compounds, different constructions. You know, if you do a qualifying session and you probably have four or five tyres go on in qualifying in the hour, you know, banging on soft rubber or whatever in the, in the hour, a different, different world altogether. And obviously that um, BT-51 was, it was, you know, you just stand back and think about it. I mean, it, it would have absolutely flown because... Nobody else had gone for the gone for the pit stops in uh, in really a big way. Um, there were some people playing around at it, but they hadn't gone for it in a big way in any way, shape, or form. And um, <clears throat> it was it was the the way to go. And anyway, the long and the short of it was then uh, 
the rules changed and the BT-52 came out and uh, flat bottom, no flat bottom or tiny flat bottom. And, um, you know, it's a very small fuel tank and turned into the most beautiful bloody racing car, um, an absolute rocket ship. And um, I wasn't... I wasn't on the race team. I was then effectively, there was myself and a guy called Graham, Graham Lewins, and we were on the test team. So it was just myself, Graham, and a guy called George Iribar. George Iribar was our trucker. And um, we used to drive off to various various tracks for BMW and Nelson to play with, whether it was down at um, Claremont Ferrand, um, test Rio tire testing because it was all Michelin's then, um, or yeah, any one of the circuits of Monza we tested at quite a few times. Um, Brands, we did the wonderful run, the, the most amazing run down at Brands Hatch with Sterling Moss, um, and testing testing. Uh, Capelli drove the Brabham that day. Sterling Moss, and there was this an American an American laddie whose name I forget. Um, there and Pierluigi Martini, they all tested, but Sterling started the day. That was an amazing day. How did Sterling go? Oh, he he did incredibly well. I mean, you know, that was an absolute beast of a thing. I mean, it was he he drove Brands Hatch for twenty laps with a twelve hundred horsepower Formula One car. And he was what he was what Indy circuit. No, it was the the Indy circuit. But I mean, he drove twenty laps of that uh, with twelve hundred horsepower. Yeah, that was the spec that you know because that's the spec Bernie wanted him to, and he wanted the the junior drivers to feel what real bloody power was, and uh, how to how to get around it and stuff. But um, you know, Sterling, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, he was um, when he'd uh, when he'd finished his run, came back into the pits, and um, Herb and I went down to have a word with him in the cockpit, and he said. Guys, can you just talk to me for a few minutes before um, before I get out? He said because I don't think I can stand up. <laughs> he said my legs are st- my legs are still shaking. He said, well, let's just have a chat here for a few minutes because the worst thing that would happen if I stood up and fell down. Because <laughs> well, so the I mean, yeah, I know he was, man. He was giving it some because he was, he was as we subsequently found out, because he, he um, um, the American guy, his name's come back to me. His name was Davy Jones. Well, Sterling Moss was, went quicker than Davy Jones in the same car, in the same spec, exactly. There was no, no, no changes. Um, Capelli was faster than Martini. And uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway. Um, so he was, uh, he was, uh, he was there. Um, uh, Sterling was, uh, yeah, quite, uh, quite special. Anyway, we did, yeah, there was lots of, there was lots of tests and, and it was all at the start of the, the games we were playing with, uh, with the ups, you know, slowly upgrading the BMW engine in, in peace and quiet. So a lot of the tests that we did were just us and BMW. There was nobody else at circuits and stuff. Went off to Austria once to do a test in Austria for, for three days <clears throat> because it was very close to BMW and they were literally going backwards and forwards from um, from Munich to um, to the Osterreich ring you know with with uh, with bits and pieces and turbos and exhausts and chips that go in the electronics and what have you it was all being, all being done there 
And then um, then we did the Monza test, which was a, which is a big one because the Monza test that year in '83 was with the um, with uh, a much a higher grade, different grade of the uh, winter shoal uh, fuel that we used to use in, on in the uh, in the in the BMWs, and um, um, there was I think it was the last day that we were testing, and uh, we were waiting for something to be driven down from Munich down to Monza, and it had, it had literally been run the day before on the dyno, blown the dyno up at Munich with this spec um and they they just sent the parts down um which we fitted to the fitted to the car and and nelson went out and just said unbelievable absolutely unbelievable um he only did three laps in the car because the engine was buggered then and it was um the 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 the, uh, just trying to remember his name anyway it's gone out my head for the for the second it'll probably pop back in in a minute um one of the german engineers anyway the engineer rather than technicians had said to me that in the spec that we were currently running was 1550 horsepower and that's why it had blown the dyno up And uh, I mean, and Nelson Nelson said, you know, that he put it in, he put it into fourth gear and spin the wheel. He had to back off, and get the traction back to be able, and then he put it into fifth, and it would still spin the wheels. Um, so we, you know, we up going up and up and up the gears because, of course, we could go so much faster. So we knew what we knew straight away then that we were, you know, we were in a in a different different league and certainly in qualifying. And um, yeah, so that was uh, that was uh, that was that.